Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ontario chose to support our progressive conservative government because collectively as a voting body, Ontario said we need to get our fiscal house in order. That is uh, Education Minister Lisa Thompson speaking uh, about this changes that the Ford government is uh, looking into, which has triggered a lot of people. Because they're looking at and consulting about lifting a cap on kindergarten classes in primary grades one through three. Now, I've got a five-year-old in kindergarten, so I have some skin in the game. And my son's, you know, class has 26 kids in it. So there's one teacher and then there's a teaching assistant that helps. And I know how hard teachers, I know how hard you work. I get it because I'm exhausted with one. (laughs) I can't imagine 26. But I'm not going to get hysterical. I want to see what they come up with because some of this might actually make sense and while the unions you know out there screaming that this is going to destroy this world-class education system which apparently i don't i don't even think exists but they do i mean i'm looking at the me the reading and math skills and like what huh but you know they're saying that this is going to destroy everything we've got in education but this is a 30 billion dollar budget item this is the second highest budget item outside of health and there's no question efficiencies can't be found of course they can But don't we want boards to have flexibility? I mean, do we even need as many boards as we do? I mean, look, if you want to if you want to get rid of some of the fat, then come forward with some solutions. But of course, the people at the trough, they like it there. They don't want to move. But they're outraged when they think the kids will be affected. You can't suck and blow. Although a lot of people are doing a very good job at it. But a one size fits all approach. I don't think it's working and I don't have an issue. And I think we should be open Uh, You know, to seeing what works, because what works in a Toronto classroom may not be the same outside of Toronto. And guess what? Ontario's bigger than Toronto. I want to bring Doretta Wilson into this conversation. She is the former executive director of SQE Canada, which means she knows an awful lot about education policy because that's what her area of expertise is. Hi there. Hi, Alex. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm good. I'm better than the unions are today because they're absolutely livid about this, albeit nothing's happened uh, yet. So where, is, where are you on this particular issue? Well, this is something that I think every government has had to deal with over the years because it does affect labor issues, which is the big dollar item in, in any education budget. Um, there's a lot of research out there to show that, yes, class, smaller class sizes do benefit children. The effects don't last over time because that just seems that there's been many, many studies about this. So it's really about the quality of the teaching, and there are a lot of unintended consequences of having these smaller class sizes. As we saw with the previous government that reduced class sizes, they put this cap, they made it very rigid. So what ended up happening that a lot of schools ended up having to have portables because they didn't have the space to house the kids in smaller classes. So there's a lot of other issues, and then parents complain, oh, my kid's out in a portable. Well, you want either the small class size or the school just can't accommodate that. So this this is what ends up happening. 
Yeah, and I get that it's yeah. easy to vilify the, yeah. the bad, uh, you know, Harris government or the bad Ford government because essentially they've been uh, handed the poop sandwich to kind of eat. Um, yeah. But they've got to do something because we can't we can't keep going on like this. So, yeah, I think I think what you were saying about this one this cap that's very rigid uh, board uh, province wide is difficult because that's where you're right. We need to have the flexibility because not every school board is the same, not every school is the same. So that with, even within the school board. There are differences within schools and school populations. So some schools have higher um, new Canadian students, uh, have a lot of kids with uh, special needs. There needs to be a lot more flexibility. And there may be schools that don't have these issues at all. So they can have slightly larger classes. They have excellent teachers who can handle a few extra kids. I, I really think it's time that uh, school boards were given the option of having having the freedom to um, implement policies that work for them. Right. And so wouldn't it be, I mean, look, for all the outrage that we're hearing from, from the labor groups, I mean, why not come forward and give us some suggestions? But I think the suggestions would be, okay, let's look at the boards themselves. Could we not get rid of the boards and somehow centralize them? I mean, do we need all of these boards? Because that's an enormous part of the cost. If we really care about the kids and the frontline uh, workers, I'd rather put more money into the teachers and the students and get rid of the boards. Well, ultimately, what I think should happen, this is my what I've seen over time, over decades and decades of looking at what, what works in many jurisdictions, giving parents the option, letting them have their education dollars, and letting them choose what schools they use, getting rid of all the bureaucracy, letting schools themselves have the freedom to take their own education budgets and spend it how they see fit and what works for them, meaning in what, who they should hire, if they need for education assistance, and they should be able to hire for education assistance if that fits their budget and that fits their needs. There shouldn't be all these rigid um, rules and policies and regulations about how, how you do things. It should be let the schools, let the local community decide what works for them. And everyone gets their budget. You know, you get so much dollars per, per student and maybe a little extra if you have more special needs. So there has to be some flexibility there. And let every school decide. So yeah, I don't do, I think we need school boards. Not really. No. Yeah. And I mean, there'll be the, the the typical outrage. Well, yeah. we can't do that because there'll be schools that abuse it, and some you know some schools will be favored over others, and then it won't be fair because kids will be getting into the good schools, others will be pushed into the bad schools. But Ind- the bo- independent schools run their own schools without you know big bureaucracy telling them what to do. I it's mean, it's a they, funny thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is all about money. It's always been about who gets to control those education dollars. And when the unions start squawking, it's because they feel their control is being taken away from them. Right. But the, the and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of feel like the last government really catered to the Toronto area. I mean, and the rest of Ontario was kind of an afterthought. Um, but given that that's where the heavy vote was. Uh, you know, that's where you're going to put the dollars. But I think, you know, Ontario at large has suffered because of it. I mean, you know. Yeah, I think you're right, because there are, there are schools in the north part of the province that obviously are, have nothing in common with right. inner city Toronto schools. So why would they want to do things the way a school in the inner city does things? Right. But isn't it really come down to the funding formula? I mean, if they yes. really want to tackle education, isn't that what they need to get right? Yes. And, that, and that's where what I've been saying comes into to play, letting, giving schools, individual schools, more flexibility. If not school boards, if you don't want to get rid of school boards at this point, then let school boards have some more flexibility. And within those boards, let schools have some flexibility on how they spend their dollars. And I really do think every child, the funding should follow the child. Every child should get their per-pupil amount and let 
them decide how that, that dollar gets spent towards education, including letting parents have some kind of choice in how their kids are educated within, within the broad education offerings that, that are out there. Right. And then the other major, major uh, problem, and it has to be addressed because it's been completely ignored for the last uh, 15 years, 20 years, is children with autism and special needs Absolutely. in education. Yes. I mean, yep. these kids and these families have been treated so dismally in, in mm-hmm. the province of Ontario. They've completely been left, uh, you know, to, to flounder and... and you know, falling behind. And the teachers have been put into a position where all of a sudden, you know, they don't have enough, you know, of their own uh, energy and tools to deal with students that might need the extra Mm -hmm. help. And then the kids that are getting kind of robbed of attention that they should get as well. Well, there's there's many prongs to that argument. That part of it is that there are kids who are have obvious special needs that need the extra help, and and no one's denying that that should be there. And let's give let's give the education system some flexibility to provide that help for those kids. There's also the problem that there are kids. That you're saying the the math and reading scores. There are kids that are. Um, shouldn't really have any, any, any difficulty if they were taught properly to begin with, so that we, we end up having to have special education and bringing kids up to speed because they fall behind, because they've not been taught properly in the first place. Not to blame the individual teachers, it's, it's how we are teaching. It's, it's the curriculum, it's the methods that we use to teach the basic skills. So that's the other, the other end of the um, discussion that, that has to be brought in there. And that's expensive to try and remediate those kids so that we end up needing extra help. We need extra aids in the classroom. We need teachers to be retrained. It, it, instead of just getting it right in the first place. We also need new blood. I'd like to see some younger up-and-coming teachers finally get a chance. I mean, certainly there's enough of them. They go to school, they learn, and then they can't get the opportunity. Well, if they've been trained well. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah, if that's they've true. Been trained, yeah. If they've been trained well, because kids, I mean, we keep churning out uh, teachers from teachers' colleges. Some of them can't get jobs. That's not the best. <laughs> really, teachers' colleges are not the best place to learn how to teach, to be honest with you. It's, they really do not learn how to teach in, in, in um, faculties of education. They learn about uh, child psychology. They learn about all kinds of things. But if, if they actually sat down, and uh, I, I'd be shocked if part of the curriculum was, here's how to teach systematic, explicit systematic phonics to teach kids how to read and how to teach kids to do math in a, in a systematic way. They don't really learn that, so it's uh, it's uh, and maybe that's changing. But I I do think there's a need for um, academies of education that totally like totally approach in a, in a different way, so that you do get really really do get new blood in how in how you teach. Yeah, and the other thing is I think we've got to do a bit of a, a check. I mean, the hysteria. If we hear this hysteria every single day, we know we're going into um, contract negotiations, and the noise has already started. But you know, I think parents have to kind of. Um, stop listening to the noise of the unions and start focusing on the actual issues because there could be some good that comes out of this. But if all we do is hear the the screaming hysteria of, well, this is going to happen and that's going to happen, well, why don't we just take a wait-and-see approach? Yeah, and parents get caught in the middle. Yeah, and of course I, they and do. I, and, and the look, kids, too. I get it. I had three kids, and, and every parent wants a small class size. Who mm-hmm. wouldn't? I mean, logically, it seems I want my child to be in a, in a, a classroom with a fewer number of students because I'm, they're going to get more attention. The teacher ha- will have more time for them. It just makes makes sense. It's, it's an emotional issue, and, and and I can understand. It's also very political. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's emotional, but for the unions, it's very well, for political. For the unions, it's political, because it, for them, more more higher teachers means, well, as we know, more people paying union dues, and more more, more reason for them to uh, um, have an issue with every labor negotiation that goes on. So it's it definitely is political. And 
and when I heard this announcement, I thought all they did was announce we're going to have um, feedback sessions. We want to hear from people. And right away, the, the hysteria was, oh, my God, they're going to cut, you know, class size. Well, they never said I had to check. I know. I, I, had to, I was like, am I missing a story here? Because I swear to God, the sky has fallen. But I all I see is that they're going to look into it. Okay. That's all yeah, I heard yeah. was they're going to have consultations. Well, that's all I heard. I didn't hear they were going to do anything at this point except have, consult with people. So yeah. before, so I thought, well, I, and then my next thought was, okay, now I'm waiting to hear the hysteria that, that you know that comes out from all of this. But Welcome we'll to. see what happens. Doretta, always a pleasure. Thank you for your uh, insight. I appreciate my it. My pleasure. Thank you. That is uh, Doretta Wilson, uh, who spent an awful lot of time in this particular area of education. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.